Imagine a business built on what matters most to you. One inspired by creativity and connection, where purpose leads to profit and wealth is measured not just by your bottom line, but by your higher self. Welcome to the Work Your Inner Wisdom podcast, where we connect the spiritual with the practical to create a holistic approach to entrepreneurship. Leave the hustle behind and let your intuition lead the way as you grow a successful, fulfilling business and a joyful, radiant life. Hello, my wise ones, and welcome to the Work Your Inner Wisdom podcast. I'm your host, Lee Shea McDonough, and I am so glad that you're joining me today. I am having a really good week. My children are back from camp, and they were gone for four whole weeks. And don't get me wrong, those four weeks were great. I so enjoyed having some time off, getting to relax, getting to focus on my business, but I really missed them. And so I am just so happy to have them back in the house, lighting up my days. And I know that we're going to have a wonderful rest of the summer together. And today I am very excited to bring you another entrepreneur mom, just like me. Her name is Megan Hale, and she is extraordinary. And I'm not just saying that because she's my coach, but because she is just a tremendous woman with so much wisdom and insight. I am just so excited to share this interview with you. So let me introduce you to Megan Hale. Megan is a leadership coach, integrity expert, and founder of Wild and Holy. She provides mindset and energetic wisdom mixed with business strategy for women entrepreneurs, allowing them to show up braver, go all in, and expand into their fullest expression. Through grounded leadership, she guides her clients to hold exquisite space for themselves during time of deep expansion, while consistently growing their profits and visibility so that they can serve at their highest level. Her favorite way to connect is on her much-acclaimed weekly show, Wild and Holy Radio, where she regularly podcasts on the intersections of psychology, spirituality, money, and business. It's available anywhere you listen to podcasts. I highly recommend it. It's one of those podcasts I carve out time for every week to listen. I know you're going to love it too. So without further ado, here's Megan Hale. Hi, Megan. Thank you so much for coming on the Work Your Inner Wisdom podcast. I am just so, so, so thrilled to have you here. Lee, I am so excited to be here too. It's going to be so fun. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's kick this party off. Uh, tell my listeners more about you and your business and the work that you do for the world. Mm, I surely will. So for everyone, I am Megan Hale. I am a former psychotherapist and leadership coach for women entrepreneurs. And I love to describe my work as really being the grounded wisdom for both life and business to show up in your fullest expression. The name of my company is Wild and Holy. I love exploring our expansiveness, the dichotomies that we all have, giving ourselves permission to be all of who we are. And letting that really be a catalyst for us to show up braver and do our unique work in the world. So I do that mostly through retreats, masterminds, some one-on-one work that's starting to phase out, courses, and mentorship. And it's a whole lot of fun. I love the people that I work with. They're always very integrity-centered, and that's a core value for Wild and Holy, too. And I can verify that it is a lot of fun because I, I am someone who has worked with Megan. Not only is she my coach, but I have been a participant in Wild and Holy Weekend, which was one of the most transformative experiences 
both in my business and in my life. And mm-hmm. so maybe, maybe we'll talk about that a little bit, but yes. yes, Megan is, she's able to bring that grounded wisdom with the fun. So I know y'all are just going to love her and I'm so excited <laughs> for our conversation today. <laughs> so um, let's, I'm really curious because I know that spiritual entrepreneurship is really at the heart of the work that you do. But Mm -hmm. that phrase, spiritual entrepreneurship or spiritual entrepreneur, means different things to different people. And so I'm really curious to hear about what meaning it holds for you. Mm, I love this question so much. And I think that this has definitely evolved the longer I've been in business, but also the deeper I've gone into my own work of really defining what spirituality means to me. So for me, being a spiritual entrepreneur means being really mindful of your larger impact in the world, how we are upholding systems of oppression, how we are still currently oppressed ourselves, whether that be in subtle or very jarring ways, for us to leverage our own inner work to be a catalyst for change and love in the world. That to me is what being a spiritual entrepreneur is. It's about being conscious. It's about being mindful. And it's about expanding past yourself but to really start to make a bigger, more potent ripple in the world. I love how you have not just linked the inner work with the outer work, that we we do need to leverage the resources and talents we bring inherently to our work that we do with our clients, but that spiritual work also means this larger work of recognizing and dismantling systems of oppression. Mm -hmm. That's so critical. And to be quite honest with you, not something I hear a whole lot within other kind of spiritual entrepreneur circles. And and I'm Mm -hmm. curious kind of how that came to be in your definition and in your way of living as a spiritual entrepreneur. So, I'm going to make a very (laughs) grandiose statement here, but, you know, in my experience, a lot of us enter the world of spirituality looking for more space, room to breathe, to be ourselves away from more um, rigid structures that we typically find in institutions like religion. Mm -hmm. There are some people that experience their lives coming from that spiritual foundation. Um, But for the most part, the people that I work with, they have that background of really needing to break free of of boxes. And what I find is that because there's all of these messages around who we think that we need to be, what, what being spiritual actually is, there tends to be a disassociation between being spiritual and being political. And that being spiritual means to be, um, loving, to bring light to the world, to not really approach the darkness. Mm -hmm. But that's really missing the boat of why spirituality exists in the first place. (laughs) So to, to be a light means to see everything, to see all things, and to not shy away from the things that we feel called to change in the world. And so for me and my personal evolution with all this has really been looking at the messages that I have been given growing up um, to stay small, to stay quiet, to not make waves, right? Um, To not try and push too many boundaries. And there came a point in my personal life where this no longer felt an integrity with me. Mm -hmm. And I needed to create space to be both spiritual and political. And that has opened up um, a whole new layer 
for, for me to really find myself and what's mine to do here. I think that's so important. You know, for so long, there's been this understanding that the personal is political, but I think now we're really starting to see the professional is political. The spiritual is political. We can't, Mm -hmm. we can't divest ourselves from that. And so instead of approaching it from this, oh, everything is peace and love and light and just be positive. (laughs) You really are. When you talk about expansion, you mean expanding to make space for everything, for Mm -hmm. the light and for the shadow. Mm-hmm. And understanding that if we don't make space for that, then we, in ourselves, then we don't for others either. And then it just becomes like spiritual bypassing, like we're negating right. the experiences of others. Yeah, it's, it's almost like, like spirituality is about love and light a lot of the times uh, on the surface. And so there's this term called light washing, where we just yeah. want to put light over everything. So it's our way to, to avoid in certain ways or to kind of protect ourselves because there's a, there's a lot of vulnerability that goes into looking at the dark stuff, looking at the stuff that doesn't feel good, looking at the stuff that hurts. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's, that's the whole purpose though of developing more spiritual tools is creating a tenacity to be there, to feel it, to walk into it more bravely and become who the world is asking you to be. Yes. And, and I was just thinking how a lot of times those of us who identify as spiritual entrepreneurs often feel like we're on a journey. We're on this journey to find ourselves or to, to connect with ourselves more deeply, to connect with the world and the universe around us. But if we're not willing to do that deeper shadow work, that harder work, then we're just going to be bouncing around from you know, spiritual sense to spiritual sense, like we're, we're never really going to get to the core of it if we don't expand and make sense for that, that deeper work. Yeah. And I think that it also, man, it just, it anchors your, your work and your life into so much deeper meaning too. Yes. And I think for many of us as spiritual entrepreneurs, we feel this um, calling to be deeply connected to our why and our why it just becomes so much more richer when we are seeing the world with eyes wide open. And I want to link that back to what you brought up earlier about integrity. And I know that integrity is absolutely like one of your core values. Mm -hmm. And so how we can bring that into the conversation as well. What integrity asks you to do is to really live true to who you are. And that often means doing things that don't make logical sense to other people. That means taking risks that other people don't understand, but arriving for who you feel you need to be and continue arriving for who you think you're here to become. So for me, this whole concept of understanding that your work and your life can be both spiritual and political, I mean, that and is a huge component of integrity because we are always both and of lots of things. And integrity is really expanding your container to hold space for that. And I'm thinking about what it feels like when you make decisions, when I make decisions that don't necessarily align with what others would expect or maybe what they would do. And they kind of look at me side eye. Mm -hmm. And yet I know that it comes from a place of deep integrity and also my intuition. And so there's this Mm -hmm. marriage that, yeah, between intuition and integrity. Um, They're very closely linked. I suspect they probably are for you as well. Oh, absolutely. I mean, integrity comes from that place of deep knowing that doesn't need to be defended. It doesn't need to be explained. It just simply is. And I think learning to discern that component of yourself is absolutely necessary 
for practicing deeper integrity. Like that is the bridge right there. I want to share something personal. And it's that mantra that you gave me at Wild and Holy Weekend, which is knowing needs no validation. Mm. The idea, and, and that has really stayed with me since our time together at Wild and Holy Weekend. The idea that my deep wisdom, my inner knowing is sacrosanct. Like there is something that it, it, is beyond me, it's beyond humanity, and therefore it needs no earthly justification. It, it is, and that is enough. Oh my gosh, I love that so much. And I love that you say, I gave you that, <laughs> <laughs> because that message found you. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, it did. And I think that's always the magic of doing, especially Wild and Holy Weekends, but in-person events of just letting the magic unfold, letting it be a little unplanned and leaving space for things like that to happen. And when that message found you, there was no doubt in my mind that that was for you. Yes, nor mine, nor mine. And man, that was a magical weekend. I tell y'all, Wild and Holy Weekend, you, the next time Megan runs it, you need to run, run and register for it. It oh, was, was fantastic. It really was. So tell me a little more, Megan, about how your intuition coupled with integrity informs Mm -hmm. how you run your business and your business practices. Man, that's such a loaded question. Um, We can piece it apart if we need to. (laughs) I mean, I, I feel like it's, I mean, this, it runs everything. It runs every single decision. Mm -hmm. I'm always, always checking in with my intuition of what feels right, what feels true. I'm listening to the divine timing of things, listening for the discernment between fear and an intuitive nudge. I think being in touch with your intuition, letting your intuition lead you, being in a constant dance with it, it invites more ease, not necessarily easiness, but ease into the way that you approach business because when you're letting your intuition lead you, the the layer that's really happening underneath here is a lot of self-trust. And self-trust is one of those things that fortifies us to take braver action, to shut out the noise from what other people are doing, what other people are telling us to do, what we should do, all of those things, and letting us ground down into our own wisdom and act from that place. And I have found over and over and over again that when I let that part of me lead the show, the most miraculous things happen. Um, The most amazing money comes my way without a whole lot of hard work. It's just, it's the thing about that is it creates deeper alignment and alignment is almost as if you're rolling out this red carpet in front of you. And all you simply have to do is just walk (laughs) and all of these gifts show up along the way. And the way that we access it, the way we create it for ourselves is leaning into that intuitive voice, but also trusting it. Because a lot of the times, as you know, (laughs) intuition's like, "Mm," tells you to do something a little wild, a little reckless. And I'll never forget like a, a perfect example of this. You know, before starting Wild Holy Radio, I ran a different podcast called The Enoughness Revolution, which was an really great conversation on worthiness and how we cultivate more of it in our lives. And I ran it for almost two years. It was 150 episodes. And I was a part of a podcast mastermind at the time. And I was like, so you guys, I think I'm going to start a whole new podcast. (laughs) They're like, what, why would you do that? You have like such a strong following on this show. Like it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Why don't you just rebrand all the things? And I sat with that for a second 
And it was, you know, a couple of days later, I was like, no, like wild and holy really just, it's, it needs its own space in the world. It, it needs its own room to breathe and to grow and to expand and evolve. And the enoughness revolution still gets to stay. It still is going to live forever on the interwebs, but that needs to be its own thing. And when I made the move to wild and holy radio, my first interview for that show was the person who I look up to the most when it comes to spiritual leadership. And that was Rob Bell. And it was like, sometimes things like that, like you can't foresee them in the front end. But once you start taking the steps, it all starts to make sense of why your intuition was like, yeah, let's go do this wild, fun, inspiring thing over here and see what happens. Yes. And, and so sometimes it really is getting out of our own way, giving uh-huh. ourselves permission to, to trust ourselves, that deep self-trust, yes. pay attention to that wisdom. But that, as you said, that's, it, it promotes ease and yet it's not easy. Right. <laughs> and, and particularly when we're looking at abundance and one aspect of abundance, which is financial abundance, and we start talking about money and money mindset, mm-hmm. I think this is an area that trips up a lot of entrepreneurs, including spiritual entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, think about it from this perspective. I mean, there's so many messages out there on, first of all, like what success means in business and what success means in life even. I mean, we, there's so many things we could dive into there. But when it comes to money, there's so many different formulas out there of like, you need to be doing this. You need to be doing it this way. You need to be focusing on this and da-da-da-da-da. And what I have found is that when I ground down into doing things my way, the thing that does feel the easiest, maybe the most fun, that's the thing that always has the highest monetary return for me. But it's scary. It's scary to throw the rules out of the window of like, well, what if this doesn't work? What if it fails in air quotes? Because I don't believe in failure. Mm -hmm. But if you're willing to take the risk, if you're willing to do things your way, you might be surprised. And I will say, probably like 100% surprised on just how much abundance you can call in by trusting yourself to show up that way. I think it also requires us to recognize the beliefs that we maybe have internalized. And I'm thinking just yesterday, I had a conversation with a client of mine who really wanted to do something. It felt fun. It felt light. It felt easy. Mm-hmm. And yet she had this belief that she couldn't do it that way. She wasn't allowed mm-hmm. to yes. do it that way. She had to do X, Y, and Z first before she could get to the fun. And I was yes. like, why? <laughs> you know, where did that message come from? Who told right. you? Right. And it, it's fascinating the ways that we take these beliefs in as capital T truths and allow them to guide our behaviors without question. Yeah. And I'll tell you something, you know, one of the things we've been exploring on Wild and Holy Radio lately is money and how it's really related to love because there's so many different parallels on who we think that we need to be in order to be enough and what we think we need to do to be deserving mm-hmm. of wild financial success. Mm-hmm. And this belief in particular that it has to be hard, that I have to work hard, right? Yep. That not only runs the show when it comes to productivity, and performance in our business, right? Because we can create lots of work for ourselves to do to justify asking for a certain amount. But then when you're also going through a level of financial expansion in your business, a very common belief is, well, I have to do more work or work harder in order to get there. 
And more times than not, the actual answer is you need to do less better. And it is a complete paradigm shift for how you are working, how you are leading, how you are living, all of the things that really bumps up against your money beliefs, but also your worthiness beliefs, because these two things, oh my God, like the parallels are just uncanny. They really, really are. When you start getting into your stories, it's, it's so fascinating to me. I love it so much. I see that too. How we show up in one area of our life is often how we show up in all areas mm-hmm. of our life. And so when we start talking about worthiness, when we start talking about value, and then we bring dollar signs into it, it, it it's powerful stuff. It's complicated stuff too. I know it's so nuanced. And I think that's just one of my favorite things about exploring it all because there is so much overlap. And when you can unlock one little piece, it starts to unlock this other piece and this other piece and this other piece. But what I found is that, you know, through a lot of personal work, especially being a spiritual entrepreneur, I feel like we work through like 98% of our stuff, but there's always that 2%. <laughs> That's like, it keeps on coming back in a different outfit, no matter what next level you're going to. And I find that so interesting why some things are incredibly sticky And some things we're able to reframe and like we close the book on that chapter and it's like we move on. Okay, that's no longer part of our repertoire, right? It's no longer part of our paradigm. But still, there's those little tiny margins that they're so sneaky. And that's that's where my fascination is right now. Yes. And I love the idea of it showing up in a different outfit. It's like, Mm -hmm. okay, so the shoes get cuter, right? (laughs) Expensive, but it's still the same thing, just dressed up differently. And okay, let's tackle it again. Let's let's see. And I I see that quite a bit um, with the people I work with in terms of this idea of knowing that they have a strong message to share with the world, knowing that they have something important to offer and figuring out how to do it in a way that doesn't feel manipulative or exploitative, how they can rightfully earn a living doing this there's so much that gets caught up in this idea of placing a monetary price on the value they provide mm-hmm. and then how to share that with the world. That I think is a place where a lot of entrepreneurs get hung up. Do you find that to be the case? I do. And I think that especially shows up early on um, when you're really, because selling, uh, putting a dollar sign next to any quality or a skill that you have is entering into a different domain. And especially when we're moving from a traditional model, like a therapeutic model, for instance, where it's expected, like you're coming to me for therapy and I will charge you for therapy, right? Mm -hmm. When we're packaging up different skill sets and starting to put our face (laughs) out to the world, um, our knowledge, our expertise, our wisdom, the things that make us unique, this changes the feeling of that conversation a lot. And so what I've noticed for me is that there, there's probably about a two to three year period for most people when they really have to learn this new language almost of how they talk about themselves in a way that is communicating value and service and also selling because all of these things are really, I think, important components for making selling feel good. And if selling doesn't feel good, you're not going to do it. (laughs) If you don't do it, your business is going to suffer financially a lot. And I know this from a very personal (laughs) experience of really struggling to sell for a couple of years until I had, I don't want to say I just found it. Like it was one 
event. But over the years, I had to craft my way of doing it that felt really good to me. Yes. And and I'm intrigued by this idea of it almost being like another language to learn. And it's a very personal language. Mm -hmm. And I know from kind of observing you too, that this, again, we come back to integrity being at Mm -hmm. the heart of the sales process. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering what guidance you would give a spiritual entrepreneur who wants to come from a place of integrity, wants to share his work or her work with the world and is just kind of coming up against these obstacles, where, where would you recommend they begin? So I think one of the greatest spiritual tools that we have in our toolbox is to let things be not so serious. (laughs) And what I mean by this is money can oftentimes feel very heavy because it's a very real reality. It's a, it's a very real thing that we need. And when we're not generating it, there can be a lot of, Um, desperation, urgency, actual need to start doing something different. And when we approach sales from that way, it comes from a place of pressure. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so I want you to imagine how you can bring more fun into this process for you. And one of the things that has really helped me is to think about the offerings, every single offering I have as a party. It's a dinner party that I'm planning. I'm going to invite all my friends to. I'm planning all the elements. I'm planning the experience. I'm getting clear around what this theme is, where I want, like how I want people to feel when they walk in, how I want them to feel when they leave, the transformation that they have by having these conversations, like all of the things, right? And when I get really clear on this party and I know how great of a party it's going to be, why wouldn't I want to invite people to it to have a really, really good time, right? Yeah. So this is the way that I started approaching sales that made it soft, that made it fun, that made it lighthearted. And it also gave me a framework to really think about what I'm doing here because sales is not really giving something to someone in exchange for money. It's inviting them into something. And when I started changing my language from selling to inviting, it got a whole lot easier for me and it made it a lot more fun. So if you're starting out and you're coming up against that block, I want you to first ground down into the value that you're bringing, the transformation that people are going to have. Think about all the elements and get excited by them because if you're not excited by your work, it's not going to sell well. <laughs> it's, it's going to be something that's really hard for you to push uphill. I think that's such a fun way of approaching it. And and the energy behind sales then is completely and totally changed. So it's no longer about, okay, I have this offer that I want you to buy. What do I need to say or do to convince you to do it? It's not about mm-hmm. convincing. Or proving. Or proving. Exactly. Oh, that proving energy. Can oh, be so yeah. Strong. Like, mm-hmm. oh, look at me. What I have has value. Don't you want it? Here, buy mm-hmm. it. No. Now it's like, look at this amazing party I'm throwing. Would you like to come? Yeah. And you mentioned a word and I can't remember where I was talking about this. Oh, I think it was in one of the podcast episodes. I was talking about the difference in your sales conversations when you move from a place of convincing to conviction. Yes. This changes so much. So convincing is the energy in which we are chasing people down, trying to, to grab them, sit still so we can tell them this great thing that we have and trying to convince them that this is something worthy of their dollar, of their time, of their energy. Conviction, on the other hand, is really grounding down into the thing that you are providing, all of the yummy, delicious details, and you're sitting still pulling people towards 
you. So this is a much more grounded experience of sales than, and the other one is very ungrounded. There's a lot of frenzy with it. And for me, anytime I'm in a place of proving or hustling or trying to convince, I'm like, whoa, this is not how I want to feel, first of all, because we are in control of how we want our businesses to feel. And second, I need to get clearer on the thing that I'm actually offering here and ground down into its power. Because I really do think that every single thing that we put out into the world has its own personality, its own energy, its own dreams, its own everything. And we really need to be in partnership with that and honor it, which I know that you've talked about in your book writing process. Mm -hmm. I fully believe that everything in the universe has its own energetic signature, its Mm -hmm. own soul. And when we can connect to it, then it becomes more of a partnership, a a co-creation. And so I think that's why I resonate so strongly with your metaphor of your offering being a party and Mm -hmm. it being an invitation, because that feels like it's something I am doing with it, not to it. Yes, absolutely. And it's like you, you get to walk alongside it, always checking in with how is it feeling? What does it need? Does it have too much of this? Like you're always in service, kind of playing hostess mm-hmm. to that offering. And what this also does, which I think is quite brilliant, is it helps to, to differentiate you <laughs> from your business. Because I think a lot of times, especially early on, there's this tendency for us to see our businesses as synonymous with us. And we are two very separate entities. And one of the biggest shifts that happened to step into more earning was taking myself out of my business and start asking my business what it needed from me. That's a completely different perspective. And, and, and all of a sudden, it's like the spotlight no longer is on me. It's on the business and what mm-hmm. it in order to serve my people. Well, you know, the other thing that I found by doing this, which was so unexpected, is that my business, it didn't have any money stories to work through. <laughs> well, that's interesting. <laughs> so that was all coming from you, your business. What, what was your business bringing to the table then? My business was just simply matter of fact, like this is what we need. This is what we want. This is how we want you to get us there. And it took the emotion out of it. And when I was able to let my business lead me more, especially from a revenue standpoint, I was able to kind of get out of the way. Like I realized that I was the one that was halting my business's financial success. Now that doesn't mean that I didn't have to work through any of my money stuff. Of course I have. And of course I still do. We always will be because we are in partnership with our business. But what it did is it, it started to, I started asking different questions So instead of what do I want, what does wild and holy want? What does wild and holy need? And that simple shift allowed me to create so much growth because I wasn't getting as stuck in my own stuff. I really love that too, because the business then becomes the bridge between you and your audience or your Mm -hmm. clients or your people. And sometimes I think the question we go to, if we're not asking, what do I need? Sometimes then maybe we go, okay, well, what do, what do my clients need? What does my audience need? And then it becomes 100% about them. And that's not necessarily the healthiest, the healthiest approach either, because then we can kind of leave ourselves out of the equation. But, but now when we connect with the business and ask what it needs, it knows because it is there to serve all. 
It is there to serve us as well as our clients, as well as the world. And so it becomes this bridge. Yeah, definitely. And I have a little bit of a different approach to doing market research and understanding what your clients want. I am a firm believer in doing the work that you feel called to do, and that will become the lighthouse for the people that need that work. The time that I do go and ask my audience what they're wanting, it's more around the specifics of something that I'm putting together. So for instance, if it's a mastermind, I will ask them, um, how many times a month would feel really supportive for you to meet, right? Like those types of very specific questions versus open-ended questions like, what are you needing help with right now? Because everybody's going to be in a very different space and have very different needs in order to do that work that I think sometimes we can start to spread ourselves too thin or start shape-shifting ourselves to be what other people need when we really need to be focused on who we're supposed to be doing the work that we're supposed to be doing and letting our people find us. Yes. And that comes right back to grounded wisdom and integrity, Mm -hmm. trusting ourselves and our voice. And then bringing our audience in more to help refine, you know, kind of the final spit and polish, but not Mm -hmm. driving the show. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that it's also a great way of leading because it really allows you to be clearer on what it is that you do for who and why. Man, that you've just kind of summed up the essence of leadership right there, being really clear on on the what and the who and the why. Mm-hmm. And it's all tied together with integrity yeah. and intuition. Totally. Totally. Absolutely. This feels like a really good time to move into the next segment of the podcast episode, which is the make it work moment. So the Make It Work moment is brought to you by my book, Act On Your Business, Braving the Storms of Entrepreneurship and Creating Success Through Meaning, Mindset, and Mindfulness. And I've talked in earlier podcast episodes, especially episode seven, about how my book is its own energetic creation. And when I started working on it, I really came from it from a perspective of, I am writing a book, I am creating this. And it was really in the process of creation that I recognized that it was already in existence. Energetically, it was already out there. My job was not to create it so much as help it transform from energy into words. And so it became this partnership, this this co-creative process, and it made it so much more fun. So everything that we've talked about, Megan, in today's episode kind of was wrapped up in this book, Act on Your Business. So... um, If you would like to check it out, you can do so at actonyourbusiness.com or you can head over to Amazon where it's available in Kindle or paperback. So Megan, in the make it work moment, this is really an opportunity to take all of the concepts that we've discussed in today's podcast episode and translate them into something actionable. Because again, insight is great. Aha moments are amazing. But if we don't actually transform them into action, then we're not going to make progress in our business. And so when I have guests on the show, I love it when they are able to bring an idea or an activity into the make it work moment for the listeners. And so I'd love to know what you have in store for us today. I think what I would like to share is probably something that is incredibly simple, but I have found it to be amazingly potent for myself. And the thing that I would like to share is to really divorce yourself from the messages that tell you to hurry up, that tell you to do more, 
that tell you that you need to be more and really ground down into the knowing that you have everything you need to do right now to take your next right step. And if you get quiet and take pause on what that next right step is, that is the only thing that you need to create more success for yourself right now. I just put this into practice two days ago. I was out on my walk and I'm going through a lot of personal life transition right now. And because of that, I've kind of put a lot of business things on pause, waiting for us to get to this next chapter where things feel more settled. And this was starting to feel not in alignment with me. And so I was out on my walk. I was starting to feel frustrated. And I said, what's the next right step? What's the next right step? And the next right step that came said, buy the domain for your course. That's the next thing that you need to do. And from that, the next day, there was a sales page up. There was an email automation written. All of the things were ready. And I launched the course today. So that next right step led to all of those things. And I think that we always know that next right step to take. And I want to share that as you described that of getting quiet and connecting, I just, I felt like I could breathe. It just yeah. deep breath. There's such power in that, that when we just kind of reconnect to our inner knowing and we allow ourselves to be open to the next right step, it will present itself. Mm-hmm. And all Absolutely. we have to do is follow. Oh, Megan Hale, this has been such a fantastic conversation. And I know that the listeners of the Work Your Inner Wisdom podcast are want, are, they're going to want to get to know you even better. So where can they find you? You can find me at megan-hale.com or one of my favorite places to connect with people is on my podcast, which you can find at wildandholyradio.com. And it is a fantastic podcast. The recent series that you've done about money and money mindset has just been extraordinary. But I also want to encourage people to go back to that first episode with your interview with Rob Bell. It yes. was so powerful. I, I've listened to it multiple times. And every time I listen to it, I, there's some new, new little nugget, new piece of wisdom that emerges. It's, it's a fantastic interview. He's so wise. So, so wise. I'm just so grateful that we were able to have that interview. And I'm grateful too, because you've shared it with the world. And I'm grateful to have had you on the show today. Thank you so much, Megan. Thank you. I cannot thank Megan enough for coming on the Work Your Inner Wisdom podcast. And I hope you got to see firsthand just what an extraordinary coach and woman she is. It's no wonder her spiritual perspective is so sought after. And I'm just so thrilled that she was able to come on the show and share it with you today. Megan is particularly known for pulling together powerful groups of women who are rooted in integrity and who want to build strong businesses. And she does that through group coaching, mentorship programs, courses, and her infamous Wild and Holy Weekend Retreats. Uh, And I've been on that retreat, and it was absolutely life-changing. So the work that I'm doing with her one-on-one, through the retreats, through her Money Love course, it has really profoundly affected me as both an entrepreneur and as a woman. And that's why I'm so excited to share with you that her next business mastermind, Wild and Holy Summer Circle, begins July 29th. And she is currently enrolling visionary women who are ready to build more money mastery, visibility, and business growth while grounding down to rise up into their next level of leadership. So I will be participating in it. I hope you will too. You can find out much more about this intimate four-month program at meganhale.co. If you want to learn more about Megan, you can certainly do so by heading over to the show notes for today's episode. 
workyourinnerwisdom.com slash 14. That's one four. And there you'll find a detailed breakdown of everything we talked about in today's episode, plus links for everything that we discussed, including how to learn more about Megan and the work that she does. While you're there, be sure to sign up for the Work Your Inner Wisdom community. If you head over to the website, workyourinnerwisdom.com, just click on the community tab and it'll bring you straight to our Facebook group where you can register. That is where we dive deeper into each week's episode, talk about everything that came up, and it's also a place for you to connect with other spiritually-minded entrepreneurs. So I hope to see you there. Thank you so much for joining me for today's episode of the Work Your Inner Wisdom podcast. My name is Lee Shea McDonough. I hope you have a wonderful week, and remember to let your inner wisdom lead the way. Mm-hmm.